0: One of the most common complaints today within the film industry, and among more hardcore entertainment enthusiasts at large, is an over-reliance on intellectual property, CGI-filled messes, and MCU, quippy, self-referential tones that seemingly every big movie has filled itself with since roughly 2015. After seven years of a bunch of movies that often feel like the same product with a fresh coat of paint on it, I can understand the fatigue, even feeling a bit of it myself. Thank God I was not alive during the Spaghetti Western era, I guess. With all that said, when The Northman had its first trailer drop right around the time I started going to see movies for this channel, I was incredibly excited. I knew the director, Robert Eagers, had made some crazy weird stuff in the past that I was really able to appreciate. The Witch was a very engaging horror movie, even with lots of barriers to entry, and The Lighthouse was just so weird that it became amazing. With both of these relatively inaccessible movies being things that I really enjoyed, there was pretty much no way I was going to miss an opportunity to see the same guy interpret Norse culture and Vikings. Especially after this trailer. I want to avenge you, father. I want to save you, mother. I want to kill you, Fiona. I want to avenge you, father. I want save you, mother. I want to kill you, Fiona. It seemed like it would be an intense, atmospheric, weird revenge story with brutal action and crazy moments, and the movie certainly was that. Pretty much everything that is advertised in that first trailer for the Northman is what you get. Of course, there is a lot more of the strange mythology that is leaned into, but you sort of expect that from the guy who made The Lighthouse, a movie wherein Robert Pattinson has a scene that he masturbates. And there is, once again, unfortunately, a lot less Willem Dafoe that I had anticipated, which seems to be some sort of unfortunate theme in every movie that I end up reviewing on this channel. Nevertheless, neither of these things alone would have given me pause or impacted my enjoyment of the film under typical circumstances. When you've got so much working in your film's favor, it's going to be hard for me not to enjoy myself. You've got outstanding performances from everyone involved, particularly Scarscard, Clay Spang, and Nicole Kidman. For those who may not be familiar with Nicole Kidman, she broke out in a role for AMC Theaters doing her pre-show speech, because heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Anyways, on top of the other performances, you have some really beautiful shots in this, with great use of the camera and one-take scenes. An entire village raid, I am pretty sure, never cuts until the battle is finished. You get this entire brutal attack all in one shot, in one take. Landscapes and sets are also really astounding. It's everything you could imagine this practically ancient time of Vikings to be like beautiful snowfall, unrelenting elements, and a roughshod integration of human settlements and civilizations with the environment. The score also makes excellent use of guttural sorts of throat singing noises that just really accent the movie in a great way. With all my praise being sung, and believe me there's a lot of it, I think it would be more productive at this point for me to discuss my more controversial points in the film. Which is to say, as it is, the Northman has almost no right to be the length that it is. Clocking in at roughly 2 hours and 15 minutes, it realistically has the plot and essential elements of a movie that is anywhere from an hour and a half to an hour and 50 minutes. I went to see this with my dad and my sister, and even they had completely lost interest in the final hour. I was barely hanging in there as well, even though I knew that there would be a climactic final battle on top of an active volcano. I feel like you have to try incredibly hard to almost lose me when I know that this is going to be happening in your movie and I have enjoyed all of your previous works. Why is this? Why would this movie, perhaps the most easily understandable project Egers has helmed, made me feel so milquetoast? I posit, which is pretentious speak for believe, that it is simply jumbled and unable to commit to any one identity. The Northman in my experience, was a movie torn between being a thoughtful exploration of destiny, hatred, and vengeance that uses North mythology as a backstory, and choosing to be a more straightforward, intense, heart-pounding revenge tale that utilizes a complex culture to weave an engaging narrative. It feels like a flip-flop between these things every 15 minutes, and both items suffer for it. Progression of our story is literally interrupted in multiple points for unnecessary deep dives into a particular Viking tradition. Like an extended sequence of battle cries and dances, or a celebratory slave festival after a huge step has been made by our protagonist to come closer to avenging his father. The plot is essentially Hamlet or the Lion King, except in this version of the Lion King there are strange tangents every few scenes that seem possibly related to the circle of life number that you saw in the beginning of the movie, but never fully connect back to it. Again, why? So many interesting ideas are brought forth that never see resolution or get the scream time that they deserve, because we would rather spend time getting the minute details of a funeral correct, or, quite frankly, wasting 30 seconds of runtime on a shot that lingers far longer than it needs to during a dance sequence. I fully understand that Robert Egers has a vibe he wants to commit to, and I respect it, and I enjoy it, but the vibe seems to get in the way of telling a more compelling, more complete story. The Northman at one point presents an incredibly interesting idea. A man who has known nothing but revenge for his entire life believes himself to be fulfilling an unerring prophecy. He seeks out the tools to bring about this prophecy, and we get an engaging scene of his struggles to do so as he battles mythic forces. However, it is then revealed or suggested that this entire sequence was nothing more than an illusion. Our protagonist's quest for vengeance could be completely fueled by his distorted and hallucinogenic perception of reality. Do you know how many more times that gets explored in the following hour and change of the movie? Zero times. It is never even so much as considered a second time, despite an outstanding scene taking place later in the movie, which would be the perfect way to tie this idea back into the protagonist's complete journey. Further, really compelling ideas of destiny and fate are brought into this simple revenge plot. At a few points in the movie, you feel as if destiny is only something that will come to pass because Skarsgård's character is so convinced it must happen that he forces it to. He refers to his fate to exact his vengeance and how it is the sole motivating factor in his life for as long as he can remember it's everything to him. Then, this destiny, quite honestly, feels like it could crumble to dust during the final act of the film. There is clear opportunity after opportunity for Skarsgård to avoid what was foretold to be his fate, but he cannot find it in himself to take it. I find this, quite frankly, the most boring exploration of the idea that's possible. Perhaps after all the things he's learned, all the secrets he has uncovered, and all the people he has met along the way, Skarsgård might want his fate to be different. Perhaps he wants to change his destiny or at the very least no longer wishes to pursue it actively. Perhaps the road he set himself out on, the road he takes to avoid his destiny, is the very one that ends up sealing his fate as it was foretold. It would certainly make for a more emotionally impactful climax than the one we got. We were robbed of an opportunity to see a man consumed by vengeance have that very same manifestation of vengeance come back to consume him. Might I say all of this could have still happened on top of an active volcano, which is the one thing I forgive the final act for. Also, my other biggest criticism of this story is how much time it spends during the least interesting part of our hero's journey. The guy arrives at the home of the man he is supposed to kill, like, 40 minutes into the movie. You, much like me, might be wondering, what else could we possibly be doing for the other hour and change of this movie? Excellent question. The guy just cosplays as a slave for, like, half an hour without doing anything. For whatever reason, he doesn't start exacting his revenge on his uncle until his uncle starts actually being nice to him. Which brings up the entire idea of whether or not Skarsgård was on a just journey to begin with, but that's for another tangent. I mean, it's one thing to commit yourself to not just killing him, but trying to ruin his life for everything he did and killing your father, but even that doesn't start in earnest until another 15 or 20 minutes pass. Then there's this weird intermission between the life-ruining that he does and the final confrontation between Skarsgård and his uncle. It's just strange pacing. Like I said, the film also brings up, mostly in the last act of the story, the idea that our hero is not-so-heroic after. after all. He faces many moral and ethical obstacles that make him question if his life's purpose has any real merit to it. This is an incredibly interesting spin on revenge, and it has the potential to really shatter our hero's world. Except this is more of a throwaway concept explored in a single scene, then not really brought up again for the remainder of the film. No grappling with the new reality, just reversion to the original plotline to get it to its conclusion. I believe there is a much more interesting story that was not told for the Northman. A story where we see his life molded by a prophecy he was told at a young age. A story where a singular quest to avenge his fallen father molds our hero into a murderous rage monster on a mission. A story where this monster encounters obstacle after obstacle, not of the physical kind, but emotional and psychological ones. Obstacles that chip away and slowly shatter his entire worldview until it finally comes to a crescendo in a climactic and revealing conversation with Nicole Kidman. A story where this conversation breaks the Northman so deeply he is forced to abandon the only path he knows, but it's already too late. A story where he sealed his own destiny with a decade of pursuing this vengeance on a man, only for it to come back to haunt him. A story where, in the moments where he finally understands the truth about the events of his life and his say in how they play out, it is too late for our hero to change his fate. This, to me, would have been a more fulfilling tale from Robert Eagers, but it is not the film we got. What we did get was very well done, no doubt, but it leaves a feeling of wanting and of believing that there should be more. As I said, there are spectacular and fantastic things throughout this movie. A volcano battle, Skarsgård looking as ripped as any Norseman since Kratos in God of War, a village raid, a volcano battle, a sword called the Nightblade, an Elden Ring boss fight, a volcano fight, and also a volcano fight you get it. It is likely an amazing film that you should try to experience in the best theater possible. I recommend that everyone give it a try, as I honestly believe it could perhaps leave a different impression on you than it did on me. And that's a good thing. If for no other reason, give The Northman a chance so that you can support entertainment companies and movie studios taking more risks in the future. Because risks need to pay off for them to be worth it. I would rather watch 100 Northmen's than put myself through another sad attempt at a cinematic universe. At least there was heart in one of them. Overall, I would rate this movie a 7 out of 10, and I would say definitely give it a shot, but consider the trailer to be a touch misleading. For all my shit-talking of cinematic universes, my next review will be regarding one of the most famous, if not the most famous, cinematic universes. That's right, I'd talk about a Marvel movie for the first time next week. See you then.